What's the best way to react in FFPC drafts with the Dalvin Cook release from the Vikings on Friday? Which NFC North quarterback got a big fantasy boost from his offensive coordinator? And which 42 Joes will represent the FFPC in the 2023 FFPC Pros versus Joes Challenge? Plus, 14-time FFPC league champ Gary Kerr rocks his player analysis on Mike Evans without Tom Brady. Irv Smith with Joe Burrow, and much more. We've got a great show for you. Uh, Farrell Elliott is here. I'm Eric Falkman. Stick around. Your high-stakes fantasy football hour starts now. Broadcast live and heard around the world, you are now watching the most entertaining hour of radio on the planet. Welcome to the high-stakes fantasy football hour presented by MyFFPC.com with your hosts, Eric Balkman and Farrell Elliott. The high-stakes fantasy football hour is your home for analysis from the best players in the world. And now, because no one else was available, here are Eric Balkman and Farrell Elliott. Thank you so much, Rob. Greetings and salutations to all you Balkaholics and Farrelliacs. Welcome to the latest episode of the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour presented by MyFFPC.com. I'm your slightly above average host, Eric Balkman. My co-host is the definitive commissioner of fantasy football, Farrell Elliott. Coming up on tonight's show, we're going to talk about an NFC rookie running back that might be climbing up Fantasy Pros Championship draft boards. Uh, 14-time FFPC league champion Gary Kerr is going to give his thoughts on Joshua Palmer, C.J. Stroud, and more takeaways from all the FFPC best ball leagues he's already completed this season. And we will also reveal, we are just minutes away from revealing, the 42 Joes taking on the industry pros in the FFPC Pros versus Joes Challenge. If you want to connect with us on Twitter, the show is at HSFFOR. I'm at Eric Balkman. Always learn more about Farrell's Kentucky Fantasy Football State Championship Leagues over at KFFSC.com. You can also paste on a post on our Facebook page at uh, Facebook.com slash HSFFOR. The email address for the show is HighStakesFantasyFootball at gmail.com. If you have any questions for us, now is the time to send them. If you uh, want to ask myself, Farrell or Gary a question, make sure you are shooting an email to us. And we'll try to get to all the chat room questions, all the tweets, all the emails in the fantasy feedback segment coming up later on in the show. Thanks to our audio engineer, Bryce, and my best friend. Uh, thanks to our audio engineer, my best friend, Bryce, and of course, our producer and mutual friend, Rob. Ladies and gentlemen, in case you haven't heard, we actually did extend the Fantasy Pros Championship early bird deadline to June 15th, which means you have a little bit less than six days to get in on this. Remember, if you draft the team by June 30th, if you register by June 15th and you draft it by June 30th, you are going to get a free $35 FFPC team credit applied to your account. Uh, you are also uh, can do that up to three times. So if you do it up to three times, that's over $100 in free FFPC credits. Remember, the Fantasy Pros Championship this year, for the first time ever, a $1 million grand prize, and it just costs $350 to enter. It's going to be a lot of fun. It has been a lot of fun already. Make sure you're registering for that at myffpc.com. If you want to play fantasy football year-round, the FFPC is the home for Dynasty Fantasy Football. We've been doing Dynasty Fantasy Football for darn near 10 years. 1,300 plus dynasty leagues, not a single one has ever folded. So if you're concerned about joining a dynasty league, you're not sure if it's going to fold, you don't have to worry about that with the FFPC. Sign up for dynasty drafts right now. We got a bunch of them popping off uh, tomorrow and Sunday at myffpc.com. Don't forget, we're going to have plenty of uh, FFPC best ball tournament analysis tonight. So if you're thinking about joining that or if you're already in it and you're looking for more tips and tricks on how to win $200,000 in the FFPC best ball tournament, make sure you're paying attention tonight. Just 125 bucks to get into that. And it's only $35 to get into the FFPC Superflex best ball tournament. That's at myffpc.com. You can turn $35 into 50 grand for the grand prize. And don't forget, the Fantasy Pros Championship is just one of two events that we're going to have for a million-dollar grand prize this year. The other one, obviously, the FFPC main event. The FFPC main event, once again, giving away a $1 million grand prize, a $6 million-plus prize pool. You can register for that at myffpc.com. If this is your first time watching, we appreciate uh, you for, for doing so and spending your Friday night with us. If you're listening for the first time, we also appreciate that. Downloading, streaming, wherever. Uh, remember, if you are watching this on YouTube, we always appreciate the likes on the video, the subscription to the FFPC channel. 
Comments on the video are always great. Share it with your friends and frenemies and get notified anytime we go live. We got a ton of coverage going on on the FFPC Best Ball, uh, FFPC YouTube channel from Best Ball Live Draft coverage, live main event coverage. We'll get to that later on this summer. We're going to have live Fantasy Pros Championship drafts. Uh, we're going to have a ton of uh, – we're going to broadcast all the pros versus Joe's drafts on this channel as well as the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour every Friday uh, during uh, the year. We do that year-round, and then obviously the road of his High Stakes Lowdown. We're monthly on that right now, but we will go back to weekly once the season starts as well. Let's bring in the host with the most, Farrell Elliott, the Kentucky Fantasy Football State Championship uh, director, boss, commissioner, whatever you want to call it. Hello, old friend. How are you? Buddy, I am so impressed with that um, professional journalistic broadcast of promotions that you that that went on for five minutes. It, how much <laughs> caffeine do you consume before we do this to get but, through you? No, none. My doctor none. said my doctor wants me off caffeine. So all I do, like I've, I've tried to I like caffeine free soda every now and then, but I kind of stay away from that. I have three cups of decaf coffee every morning. That's it. No caffeine. Why, why don't you just drink some hot water? You know, uh, <laughs> speaking of hot water, Kevin Williamson is going to be in that. He's trash talking us, trash typing us in, in you know, in, in the comments. I don't see any reason for that. And he's a good guy, too. You know, it's just yeah, I, I think I think they want to pick on us in June, Bucky. Uh, well, we I get picked on year round. Um, no, you but, should not with me running. Not <laughs> with me running interference for you, buddy. I, I, I have uh, my Kentucky bodyguard, Farrell Elliott, uh, running. Nobody's going to pick on you until you start throwing Irv Smith questions around. Then there's going to be an Irv Smith question tonight. I'm sorry. There's going to there, if you got to throw down with me, you have to throw down. But there's going to be an, an Irv Smith question tonight. Uh, we got Gary Kerr around the corner, ladies and gentlemen. We also have the pros versus Joes. The Joes will be announced here shortly. I promise you, you will not have to wait long. I do want to get to the news of the day, the big news of the day, ladies and gentlemen. Dalvin Cook has officially been released. He is no longer a Minnesota Viking. The Vikings will save almost $9 million in cap space uh, after releasing the 27-year-old Dalvin Cook. Dolphins have been linked to him, as has Denver. Uh, the uh, Dolphins apparently tried to trade for him ahead of the NFL draft as well. Um, the Adam Schefter reported from ESPN that the, there was going to be trade talks. Obviously, those never materialized. You don't have a whole lot of leverage when you know that you're releasing the player if you can't get the deal done. The deal didn't get done. He had four straight 1,000-yard seasons, uh, 43 rushing touchdowns uh, in that span. I don't know where he ends up. I don't want to necessarily speculate too much on that right now, Farrell. But what I do want to talk about is the Minnesota backfield, Sands, Dalvin Cook now. Yeah. Alexander Madison steps into the starting role. If we look at where he's going in the FFPC Best Ball Tournament ADP, and by the way, shout-out to – Darren Armani, the godfather of the FFPC Pros versus Joes, a uh, guy who supplies us with all our ADP through FantasyMojo.com, at FantasyMojo on Twitter. Highly recommend getting a sub to his site uh, if you play in the FFPC. Well worth it. Alexander Madison, prior to Dalvin Cook being released, running back 24 at the 6'11". Farrell, how high would you pay for Madison now that we know da that Dalvin Cook was gone? Or do you think drafters were already baking in the fact that they didn't think Dalvin Cook was going to be on this team at all this season? They should have been, but I've got plenty of running backs I want to draft besides Madison. That's just the way I feel about it because I feel as the team's going to put the ball in the air, and he's going to benefit from it. And I liked him in college, and I liked him when he spelled Cook, but I haven't seen him do it on a complete year. And the higher he goes, he's going he's going. People liked Madison as a second running back in this offense. So, man, they're going to love him. And as we get closer to Planet Hollywood and live drafting in the FFPC, he's going to be moving up the board. I'm going to let somebody else take him. And you may not want to talk about it, Balky, but if we're going to, if, if, if Dalvin Cook is leaving the Vikings, the most interesting thing in fantasy football is to talk about where he's going. Don't you believe so? Well, we could speculate. I mean, where do you, you might, do, I mean, what do you think? What What does your gut tell you? Where do you think he ends up? Is it Miami? Is it Denver? Is it somebody else? Denver's going to talk about it because of the general manager connection and they can manage their salary cap to make some things happen. Uh, mm -hmm. But, you know, Denver is not in a win now situation. So I don't like that for the player. 27 years ago, this player was born in one city in the United States, Miami, Florida. And it's a wonderful thing to be going home and, the Dolphins just dropped uh, the cornerback uh, Byron Jones. They freed up $15 million to make this work. Everything points that way. And why wouldn't it? And it's going to affect many of our best ball guys that put a stack together of Mostert and Wilson with the Dolphins, a late, a late stack, so it won't hurt them much. And, you know, those players are still going to contribute. But 
it, probably even in best ball with Cook there, they won't be uh, they won't be frequent uh, point in your top ten of point scores. So I, I think that's the big play, and I and that's what makes it. A, the Dolphins are in a win now situation with a very good team that should uh, compete in that division uh, and see whether you know they have that home field advantage uh, with the Heat early on in the season. There's a lot of things I like about this team. Uh, Chris Greer and uh, another salary cap guy down there, Brandon Shore. They do a great job. They're ready for this. So, you know, yeah, sure, it's going to happen, and I think that's where he's going. Madison and Cook are going back-to-back in the FFPC best ball tournament right now at running back 24 and 25. Um, DeAndre Swift, Cam Akers, and Rashad White going right ahead of Madison and Cook as Madison and Cook are going at that 6-7 turn right now. It'll be a situation worth monitoring. I think we're going to have some more data points thanks to the FFPC drafts going on the course this week, assuming Dalvin Cook makes his decision shortly. He could also go the DeAndre Hopkins route and take his sweet time. Why not? It's your career. Do it. Uh, Greg Bell, who covers the Seattle Seahawks for the News Tribune, uh, says that he he says, quote, don't be surprised at the playing time and opportunities for rookie running back Zach Charbonnet this season. Uh, Zach does everything well, said Pete Carroll. He's just a complete ball player. He was the 52nd player chosen in the 2023 NFL draft. Could be the primary pass-catching running back, which we get very excited about as high-stakes players. Charbonnet, obviously, is a is a player that that I think a lot of dynasty players were hoping he would end up in a better spot rather than competing for uh, touches with Kenneth Walker. But uh, he is running back 33 right now, going at the 906 which I can get on board with there is the 33, 33rd running back going off the, uh, off the board as a guy who's going to be catching passes there. Totally on board with that. Don't know if I'm on board with Kenneth Walker, though, Farrell, at running back 16 in the best ball tournament ADP right now. Kenneth Walker, you got to sink a fourth-round pick to get him right now. You can get Joe Mixon, J.K. Dobbins, and Miles Sanders after him. I'm definitely bullish on Kenneth Walker. I'm worried about the pass catching. I'm not worried about the work he's going to get on first and second down. Charbonnet, to me, is a guy that I could see his ADP inflated, and then I don't want to be in business with him. But as the 33rd running back off the board, I'll make that happen. Mm, We were right about Walker last year, Bonky. What's this writer's name? Uh, This is Greg Bell. Well, Greg Bell, you know, he – he makes the claim in here that uh, Walker is not a pass catcher. Walker excelled in camp as a pass catcher. Um, they lost a tough game to Tampa, and, and Walker's offensive uh, pass catching skills were about the only thing they had going. I think it was like 21 to 16. Sometime in November, Walker caught five passes. Uh, we were right about Walker last year. Nobody wanted to believe us. Nobody built, no, nobody bought into the situation. The, uh, and as in a seventh round pick, he was he delivered. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, Charbonnet, uh, yeah, I like this player a lot. Six foot, two hundred and twenty pounds, good combine numbers. What I liked it, what I what he did best at the combine was his vertical, thirty seven inches, which means a guy that size at two twenty is going to be very very explosive. And what we liked about him in college is he ran through and around everybody, close to a seven-point average in in college ball. He caught the ball well in college ball. He's a complete player, and with a quarterback like they have uh, uh, in Geno Smith, these are two running backs with with a team that is going to move the ball on the ground with solid wide receivers. I like this tandem, and I think if you can put together a tandem of these running backs at the fourth or the ninth round, you are a genius. So You could do that. Yeah, you could do that. It is possible. Um, I, I look at it from the standpoint of, well, I, I don't I, – listen, I have a feeling that we're going to get into Charbonnet versus Walker several times uh, this summer, and we'll get into Charbonnet and Walker uh, this summer as well if you want mm-hmm. to draft them as a tandem. Um, we're running short on time. Pros versus Joe's coming up in a second. The last thing I want to get to here, Yahoo.com reported today – uh, Luke Getze had some comments about Justin Fields. Apparently, Getze, the offensive coordinator in Chicago, says he's not going to encourage Fields to be a, quote, robotic pocket passer. No. He also said that he's not interested in limiting Fields rushing after Fields went off for 1,143 yards and eight touchdowns in just 15 games last year. Getze says he's worked with Fields in the offseason, refining his game and improving his decision-making. Quote from Getze, the running part of it, most of that is a natural thing when you're in the moment. The fact that they're not encouraging Justin Fields to be sort of the, the classic pocket passer and are going to let him run wild again, man. Farrell, I'm, I'm, I'm starting to like Justin Fields as, uh, as he climbs up the board, and he's going to climb up the board this weekend with this news. He's already at quarterback six at the 409. 
I don't know if he surpasses Joe Burrow, um, uh, you know, before July, but I could see him making a run of passing Joe Burrow in ADP and maybe getting ahead of Lamar Jackson as well with this news. This is very exciting. And I think not a lot of people are talking about it. I think it's an underrated thing, but this is big uh, for Fields because as long as he stays healthy, man, this should be another really, really productive fantasy season for the Chicago Signal Caller. I agree. What about what did Getsy say that really has turned you on about Fields and made you think differently? Well, I mean, I guess what I just assumed is I thought with the Bears adding more passing weapons, obviously Uh Chase Claypool last year, DJ Moore, um, and I just felt like this would be another year that Fields would take a natural step in his progression uh, to be more of a classic pocket passing quarterback. Um, That was my assumption. Now, apparently, after I read this, that's not necessarily the case because Getsy doesn't want to take away the strength of Justin Fields, no. which was his legs last year. And the fact that if he does get a little bit better passing the ball, man, this is going to be exciting uh, to, to have Fields on your roster this year. And he doesn't want to turn him into a robot. I, I exactly. Okay, good. You know, that's, but no, I don't think Justin Fields belongs in this draft above Joe Burrow. Uh, but those are some nice targets. There's going to be opportunities. I like what Fields does, and he's he's definitely not a run first quarterback. He's he doesn't tuck it and run after that first or second uh, progression. Uh, now he's got some really good receivers to work with. Yeah, he's going to be better, I think, at both aspects of the game. And 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 I don't think Getsy should talk to the media. Uh, that's <laughs> Yeah, kind of. No, really we're not going to make him a robot. Well, thank you. Appreciate right. that contribution. <laughs> All right, ladies and gentlemen, without further ado, it is time to reveal the 42 Joes that are going to be competing in the 2023 FFPC Pros versus Joes Challenge. As a reminder, in order to get into this drawing uh, where we selected 42 people, everybody at least put a deposit down or paid their FFPC main event team prior to the early bird deadline, which was May 31st. So whenever you ask, and we get this on Twitter all the time, how do I get in pros versus Joes? This is what you do. You put your deposit down, you pay your FFPC main event teams off, you, you, you're in the drawing. Every single team represent, that you pay off represents an entry in the drawing. So 42 are randomly chosen. Without further ado, here they are. Um, these 42 uh, Joes, once again, will be competing against the industry pros in seven um, best ball drafts. And we'll broadcast the six live ones right here on the HSFF Hour. The other one is a slow draft. We won't be broadcasting that. That'd be a really long uh, stream. And uh, and the winner of each one of those leagues will get a free 2024 FFPC main event entry. Here we go. We're going to kick it off. There's, you're, there's only a lot of familiar names on here, a lot of former guests of the show, uh, kicking off with uh, our good buddy Cornfins, Jeff Tirabasi. Uh, in the Pros versus Joe's Challenge this year. Then a uh, tandem of Jason Barr and Joe Jackson will be uh, competing as well. Another guy who plays in the KFFSC as well as the FFPC, uh, John Rozak, um, a Toyota Fantasy Football Hall of Fame member. He will be in it as well. Craig Magnuson and Tim Marks, that combo, I know they've been on the show before. Uh, They will be uh, competing in Pros versus Joe's along with Jeffrey Eidelman. Uh, then you're looking at a couple of familiar faces here who've, uh, who everybody knows in, that, in the FFPC. David Hubbard uh, will be once again competing as well as Chad Schroeder. Those are the first seven teams off the board here as we move on. John Bragg, welcome to the FFPC Pros versus Joe's Challenge. A, a, a pair of guys that we had on, I want to say season one, so like 11 years ago of the HSFF Hour, uh, it is Commando Fro, Christopher Hart, and Tobin Bielkini. Wow. They will be in Pros versus Joes as well. Farrell, another KFFSC, FFPC guy, and no stranger to these airwaves. Vince Staffolino, welcome into the Pros versus Joes, my friend. He's going to be tough to beat, as will this guy. Um, he and his brother have had a lot of success, not only in the regular season, but in the championship round of the FFPC main event, Fantasy Pros Championship. It is the brother duo of Bill and Brandon Querbees will be in as well. So congratulations to those guys, as well as Brandon Smithcamp and Bo DeLapp. They will be drafting as well. Those are the first 12 teams. So we're 25, uh, we're a little bit more than 25% of the way through. Eric Morikawa. Uh, Kevin Gentner and Rob Vieira, another guy who's been on uh, on this show before several times. Those are the first 15 names. So we have 15 out of uh, 42. So we got 27 to go. Let's keep pushing. Tyler Holder will be in it. A guy who is stumping. He said last week he told Farrell, Farrell, I got to be in the pros versus shows this year. He's in the YouTube chat right now. His name is Kevin Williamson. The Bourbon City Ballers will be competing 
in the Pros versus Joe's Challenge this year. Congratulations to Kevin. Uh, John Friedman, welcome aboard. Justin Bacon will be in as well. Uh, the duo of Michael Mallow and Carmine Rossetti will be uh, drafting in the Pros versus Joe's. A guy, I want to say like two years ago, I think we had him on, and I saw him tweet this out earlier uh, today. Hopefully I get in. Congratulations, you are in. I believe it's the husband and wife duo of Josh and Laura Beth Derm will be in as well. They've been in before. They will be in again uh, this year. Uh, the Lucky Show, Jehoon Kim, welcome aboard. You are in. And then, of course, royalty here. I have a feeling these guys had more than a few main event entries this year. The two-time defending FFPC main event champions, Dominic Barani, Sean Stutzman, and Mike Costantino will be competing in pros versus shows this year as well. Another familiar face, a best ball expert, uh, uh, Danny Mueller guy who plays in Kentucky and the FFPC. He is in pros versus Joe's. Those are the first 24 names off the board. Uh, Roy Perenzuela and his uh, co-manager, Corey Hanstein, will be uh, participating. Peter St. Pierre, the Doughboys in PVJ this year. Brian Covert, welcome aboard, as well as another former guest, Jeff Howell, uh, is in the uh, FFPC pros versus Joe's challenge this year. Scott Kiyokan, uh Daniel Cups, welcome aboard. Troy Wells is also in uh, as well, as it were. Um, Josh Latz, welcome aboard, the Pac-Man, Josh Latz. Jay Cohen uh, is participating. And then a duo here of Raymond Mencio and Mike Luchane. Those guys will be representing the FFPC Joes in this as well. So we got what, 35 names here. We only have a few to go. Tony Windus, welcome aboard. Peter Puzzo, uh will be in as well, uh, and his co-manager, Paul. Those guys will be drafting uh, in the Pros vs. Joe's Challenge. Jeff Jamison, uh, Christopher Infantino, uh, three names left here. John Terry, uh, a, a guy who's had a lot of success drafting not only in the FFPC, but the KFFSC as well. Albert Leach, a longtime high-stakes player, is in. And then the final uh, team in the, in the Pros vs. Joe's this year, uh, Brad Petrie and Darren Larson, the former Kentucky Fantasy Football State Championship uh, main event champions. They will be uh, looking, and I know they they were up quite a ways in the FFPC main event a couple of years ago as well, looking oh, to shit. take down that million this year. They'll also be looking to take down the pros versus Joes this year as well. It was, it so, was a fantastic group. Yeah, it, it's a really tough group. It's an extremely tough group that I think is going to give the pros all they can handle, which they normally do. So if you heard your name mentioned, congratulations, you are in. Darren Armani will be emailing you shortly to get you lined up with, with whatever date you want to draft and whatever time you want to draft at. Um, he'll get you lined up for that. And then uh, maybe we'll have you on the show for an interview while you're doing your draft too. That's uh, that's all possible. So thank you everybody for watching that. I hope you stick around because we got a great guest coming up right now. And I want to bring him on. Uh, he's a longtime high stakes fantasy football player. Started his high stakes career for back in the second year of the world championship of fantasy football. Migrated over to the FFPC. He has since won 14, count them, 14 FFPC League Championships, looking to win $1 million in the FFPC main event this year. Please welcome onto the show, Mr. Gary Kerr. Uh, Gary, thank you for doing the show this week. Am I getting your last name right? Is it Kerr? Is it Kerr? It's like the beer without an S. It's Kerr. 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 Got it. Gary Kerr. Okay. Everybody knows that, Bob. He's K -U Yeah, I know. I'm, listen, fanatics is not my thing. I'll tell you what also is not my thing, guys. Um, I, I I told a bit of a fib here. I no. said um, I said I let, listed all the 42 Joes in the competition. I failed to me mention uh, one other name. And, Gary, this, all the best ball leagues that you've done so far this year, hopefully they serve you well because you are the 42nd Joe. Oh, my gosh. This year. So congratulations. Surprise, Welcome sir. aboard. Awesome. I, I knew there I, was someone with the count. I knew there was. <laughs> I got to tell you guys, I'm on so much caffeine right now. I can't, I can't Good even. Good job, baby. Good job. Right here. He's, he's, he's drinking enough for both of us, Farrell. That, that's, that's, the, that's the way it is tonight. Um, so, Gary, I have had enough caffeine just today that if I were to kill over dead, I would still be talking uh, six or eight months. <laughs> it's, it's, so, it, it, yeah, it's okay. Um, Gary, uh, certainly, uh, welcome, number one, welcome aboard to the show. Congratulations on Pros versus Joe's Nod. Um, you've already we already said it. I mean, you've won 14 leagues in the course of your FFPC career. I might have miscounted. There might be more than that in there. When you're not crushing the FFPC, uh, can you tell us what you're doing for a living? Yeah, um, I work for a local credit union here in Columbus, Ohio. We've got 11 branches around the city. I manage our team of tellers that work across all 11 branches, and I've got a staff of leads and supervisors. We 
we actually don't have our tellers in the branch. Um, we're a little bit of a, ahead of the technology curve here. My tellers sit in two different call centers and we interact with our members through machines that exist inside the branch and outside in the drive-through. So our members can do deposits, make withdrawals, just like they would in any uh, bank. Um, but our tellers um, work through the machine. It's safer, it's more efficient from a staffing perspective. And I, I think you're gonna see that model in the future as, uh, as time goes by. Mm. You know, one thing about predicting the future in football, Gary, I think <laughs> in business, it's, it's, a little bit more, it's a little more predictable. Uh, I would have never predicted that we would be entering this season with one Baker Mayfield running the fine organization of the Tampa Bay Bucks. I was, uh, I had expected the heir apparent to that job to be Kyle Trask. And I still do. How we've, we've noticed a drop from Mr. Armani's numbers. Surprisingly, you couldn't get through the third or fourth round and, and ever see Mike Evans be available much after that this year. Now we're dealing with the, this wonderful receiver being a mid-seventh round pick. Is that all, Baker Mayfield, your prediction? Should people be in business with these um, Bucks wide receivers? Your, your thoughts on just what's going to happen in Tampa this year? Yeah. Can, can I just say yes because he's Mike Evans? Um, <laughs> yes. I, I, just, um, I just took him at 7-8 in a 250 best ball that I'm in right now. I, I just – I just think that's crazy value. Um, uh, he, he's, um, he's never had a season under a thousand yards in, in the nine years that he's been in the NFL. Um, I, I mean, I know he's, he, I think he's going to turn 30 right before the start of the season. So he's, he's getting up there in age and you could make the argument maybe that he's losing a step. I know last year he had one really big game near the end of the year, which I think kind of padded his stats a little bit. Um, but I think he still has big playability, and I'm, I'm not saying he's going to be a wide receiver one anymore, but to, to draft him as wide receiver 35, I, I think there's, there's no way he doesn't crush that, that value. Who do you think is the leading receiver at Tampa with Baker Mayfield at quarterback? And does that change if I'm correct in saying that Kyle, Kyle Trask uh, assumes that job during the season? Yeah, I, I don't. I don't think Mayfield has a reputation of ever keying on one receiver. Um, when he was in Cleveland, I don't. I don't ever remember him like really targeting one guy. I thought he spread the ball around. And and uh, a buddy of mine who I'm who I, I'm still partners with to some degree. I'll give a quick shout out to Craig Franklin. I've been doing this with him, Balky, since back in the WCOFF. You know, he made the point to me that he he doesn't remember Mayfield ever ever making a receiver you know, a, a top receiver in, in the past. But I just think talent commands volume, talent mm. commands targets. And I just can't see Mike Evans, assuming he stays healthy for most of the season, not commanding a good share of those targets. And I think at the end of the day, Godwin's going to get his too. Um, yeah. But but again, at wide receiver 35, 36 in the middle of the seventh round, I, I just don't see how you can pass that up. I actually... We, we needed a tight end in the draft that we're in right now. We still didn't have one. Um, and we passed on Njoku to take Evans there just because I thought the value was so good. Mm -hmm. I, uh, go ahead. Go ahead. Well, I just, you know, I think we could do the whole show on this one. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> and I, I've got to get off of it. I, when you say he doesn't target the receiver, he's damn good at targeting defensive backs. I just had to That's say, true. you know, it, it's, I don't. I see Godwin with with reception numbers, but I don't see Evans with reception numbers. Because, mm -hmm. but now we have a new offensive coordinator, so maybe he makes Evans into a different kind of receiver, which would make me sad. This great downfield target uh, turns into a fifty-fifty ball trying to catch bloopers from Baker Mayfield. So I, I guess we'll just have to wait and see. But yeah, how in the hell can you argue with it at the seventh round? Right. Uh, yeah, just go ahead and do it. Right, and, and I think it probably makes more sense in best ball than it does in redraft as yeah, well. Yeah, maybe so. Uh, Evans is right in that Tyler Lockett, Traylon Burks, Jackson Smith, and Jigba, Darius Tony uh, territory. Wow, that's just weird seeing Evans' name down there. He's going about a round and a half later than his real-life teammate, Chris Godwin. 
Shifting over to the other coast here for you, Gary. Los Angeles Chargers should have a high-powered offense this year. It's already seen um, in, in OTAs how much they're bombing it down the field. Keenan Allen said they're going to be throwing deep a lot this year as well with Kellen Moore taking over. Quentin Johnston was their big addition in the NFL draft. They get him in the first round. But in the FFPC best ball tournament, obviously the FFPC best ball leagues you've been drafting, can you still make a case in those leagues, only 20 rounds, but can you still make a case for Joshua Palmer in the last couple of rounds of those best ball drafts, even though he might um, be, you know, he might finish the season as the fourth, maybe the fifth, or even the sixth option on that offense. Yeah, I, I was just going to say you could probably call him fourth in the pecking order at best. Mm -hmm. um, but in a best ball in the last couple of rounds, I, I think you can make the case for it. Um, um, Keenan Allen and Mike Williams, I don't know if either of them have ever made it through a full season, at least in the last few years. Um, Palmer's done it. When, when they were hurt, he's had some big games. We don't know what Quentin Johnston yet is capable of. He might make the transition to the NFL uh, well. He might not. Um, but again, all you're really looking for in your last couple of rounds in a best ball draft is somebody who's going to get you two or three weeks, maybe four weeks out of 17 when you're picking them that late. And, and I think Palmer, you, I think you could make a case that, that you know, he could be that guy. When do you make the shift, Gary, from – Best ball to redraft and and, and uh, uh, yeah, setting your lineups that type like the classic leagues and do, the main do you mean do you mean timing wise, Farrell? Yeah, when when are you gonna when are you gonna move or are you gonna play best ball all the way through? Because there's best ball live drafts. Yeah, at Planet Hollywood, uh, would yeah. you play it all the way through? What's your mixture? Uh, Is it fifty fifty? How does it work out for you? I um. So I draft best ball from February through about, you know, through August, through like the, okay. the second week of August. I um, One of the things that I've done over the last several years is I try to emulate um, good players. I try to emulate fantasy football players who've had success. I've been in leagues with a lot of them. I, I observe what they do. You know, when, Tred, when Chad Schroeder says he doesn't draft until mid-August, late August, until right before the main event, um, you know, right before the season starts, I, 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 I listen to that. So I've kind of subscribed to that and I'm really shifting more to that this year. So I'm doing all of my, um, all, all of my, uh, um, gosh, what is the football guys called now? Well, you, the fantasy pros championship, like you manage, your manage leagues, your main event. So when right. you have to make management decisions, whether setting lineups or placing waivers, You'll do best ball pretty much all season, but oh, then you'll shift to those at the correct. end of drafting season. Absolutely right. Yeah. Well, I love the the best thing I love about uh, the best ball is is the stack opportunities, mm -hmm. and uh, there was one with the New York Giants this year. That you know, I like a lot of these receivers there, even the guys that are coming back from injury, and then they added receivers, and it's he says a lot of receiver talent, and and people are excited about drafting them, even though the quarterback I think threw for fourteen touchdowns last year. Well, that's a number he's got to improve upon. But as I get ready to go to Las Vegas and draft, tell me what should I, who should I target uh, at the main event amongst these Giants receivers? Darren Waller in the fifth. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I don't. I don't think I've ever. Um, I can't remember a situation where a team had like four wide receivers that all are going in like the double digit rounds. I think I looked um, recently and all four of them, um, Robinson, um, Hodgins, um, uh, Jalen Hyatt and uh, uh, Paris Campbell are all going within about a round and a half of each other in like the 16th, 17th round. So I, mm -hmm. I think you can make a case for all four of them. And, and I think, you know, you could argue the upside of all four, I could definitely see myself in the 16th, 17th round of redraft leagues trying to take a shot on each of them, um, you know, and 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 holding on to them for a few weeks and, see, you know, see if somebody emerges from there. Do you have a personal favorite as far as a play style of those players, or are you just, you're just going to play the odds and the numbers? I've always been a Paris Campbell fan, and he kind of flashed last year a little bit, and, and I was able to use him for a couple of weeks, and Maybe Brian Dayball on that offense might give him a chance, you know, to really kind of unlock what no one's been able to see up till now. So um, if I had to pick one, I, I honestly would pick Paris Campbell. 
Uh, it's wild just looking at the Giants receivers, guys. I mean, you, before that you mentioned uh, Gary and then also Darius Slayton going as wide receiver 90 in the 19th oh, wow. round. Um, cra- I, I mean, like, like you said, <laughs> I don't know if I've ever seen the first wide receiver for any team going off the board. 16th um, yeah. 15.04 is what I'm looking at yeah. as an ADP. Wide receiver 66. There are 65 receivers going on average in the FFPC best ball tournament before one Giants receiver is taken. Uh, obviously, Barkley is going to command a lot of targets. He's going in the first round. Darren Waller going in the fifth round, obviously, as, as you mentioned as well, too. But just crazy to think about when, when we look at that. Um, let's uh, let's move um, to New England here. Uh, Juju Smith-Schuster, I think a lot of people think he is going to be the number one receiver in New England this uh, this year. The FFPC drafters are selecting him as such. Uh, the number two receiver being drafted is Tyquan Thornton. Um, should we just forget about Devontae Parker? I mean, is it Smith-Schuster and Thornton, or is there still some value in Devontae Parker in the FFPC best ball tournament late, Gary? Well, so, okay, so for best ball, I, I have taken him a couple times. I took him in the 26th round in one draft again. At, at, what's the expression? There's no no bad pick in the you know in the final at, at, after the tenth round. The after Joe Delzanero, <laughs> Joe Delzanero, Baker boy. No right. such thing as a bad fantasy football pick after the tenth round. Right. Um, so yeah, you know when it comes to that, I, I think you could see it. He, he had one really good year for Miami in 2019, where he had like 70 catches, 1,200 yards, seven to nine touchdowns, some, something like that. But in the other seven seasons that he has been an NFL wide receiver, he's never had more than 800 yards and he's never had more than four touchdowns. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't I don't see that changing. But who I would call a sleeper in the group you just mentioned is Tyquan Thornton. Um, you know, I, I don't I don't think he's going to like the 16th, 17th round. So, yep. you know, however you want to define a sleeper. Um, he flashed last year. He disappeared in a few games last year. But, you know, if I was going to put my money on a New England receiver being a sleeper, I, I think it would be Thornton. Mm. And then we just got to wait for DeAndre Hopkins to sign there and throw a huge monkey wrench. <laughs> <laughs> Basically what's going to happen. Yeah. New England receiver is the new New England running back, right? Oh. If, if Hopkins goes there. If yeah. Hopkins goes there. Yeah. Yeah, we go. We get a go-to running back in New England, and now it's the receivers' question. It's very good. <laughs> oh my God, here it is. Um, well, this will this will chase all the guys that hung around and celebrated after hearing their names called for the Joes, you know. And as speaking of that, guys, there's three former KFFSC champions, past champions, I suppose I should say. Um, in in order, Danny Mueller, Chad Schroeder. Uh, Petra and Larson then mm-hmm. from from the KFFSC that will be playing in the Joe. So I wish those guys very, very all the luck in the world. Um, Gary, I don't know how you're going to answer this question. Okay. Um, it's 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 going to say a lot though about our future and our friendship. Uh, okay. The and if I don't care for your answer. Uh, I'm, I'm still going to support you in a lot of ways, but I'm going to be talking about you for a long time. All right. And then if 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 you agree with me, um, th- 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 we will both uh, join forces uh, against Balky for continuing to ask questions about now Cincinnati Bengal tight end Irv Smith. Should you or should you not? And Balky, do you have an ADP on this player? I absolutely do, Farrell. It's like asking if the Pope's Catholic, right? Yeah. Irv Smith, <laughs> uh, tight end 20 is where he's going at the uh, 12th round, right after David and Joku, right before. Oh, no. I'm. Oh, my God. Am I wrong on this? I, I have an ADP. I have an ADP. Early. May not be a correct ADP, <laughs> but I have an ADP right here. Yeah, uh-huh. Irv Smith right now, tight end 20. He's going in the 12th round. He's right after Laporta, Juwan Johnson, Gerald Everett, going a little bit before Dawson Knox and Mike Kosicki. Thank you, Balky, because um, it is my contention that this player should not be drafted. Uh, let's hear what you have to say, Gary. Well, before I answer, I, I have to at least clarify that I'm a Bengals season ticket holder. Yeah, well, then um, you ought to give the right answer. Okay. <laughs> well, the question is specifically best ball, correct? Yes. I don't care if they count fantasy football points. That's what we're talking about. I'm okay taking him at that ADP in best ball because I think he'll have spike weeks. Um, 
CJ Uzama a couple years ago had a couple of huge, huge games. Uh, caught a couple touchdowns against Baltimore. Um, Hayden Hurst had a 20-point game last year, and I think about half of Hurst's games that he was healthy, he had double-digit points in the FFPC. So in best ball, I'm I'm taking him. Yeah. And and now, Farrell, he's not going to cost you a whole lot there. Right. Tight end 20. You're talking about a 12th-round pick. 12th round. You know, I, I tell you, and, and Baker Boy, who said that he's never seen a bad pick in, in double-digit rounds, he's never been looking at my teams. Uh, especially, <laughs> especially with hindsight being 2020. Okay. Um, so, Fa- so Farrell, if I ask you the question at the end of the show, who are you fading? You're telling me Irv Smith not going to be on any of your teams. Is that what you're saying? Absolutely not. If, if you were allow me a t- the 21st player and Irv in a, tw- in a 20 Irv, round, I'm just, I'm just going to say I'll make, I'll do okay. With my All right. Okay. Here, uh, here's the problem. Guys. Uh, uh, this position is, is first of all, designed to protect the quarterback in Cincinnati. You know this from going to the games, Gary. How often do you see your beloved Joe Burrow on his back? 41 sacks last year. The year they were in the Super Bowl, 70 sacks. That's why their receivers uh, at the tight end position, Hayden Hurst, and a better athlete than either of these guys, C.J. Uzuma, that, that, that's why they never uh, – realized the potential they had because they had to engage so much in blocking. Hurst mm-hmm. had a 53 catches. Ozuma topped out at 49. Mm-hmm. So the player Smith is a six foot two inches, good leverage blocker, big hands, likes to engage uh, only at 240 pounds, but he's a very good blocker for that size. My point is that, that this position typically in Cincinnati uh, will have multiple games. He'll never get over five targets in a game. And, uh, the I see him coming in at about 40 catches last year. Hurst, despite catching 50 balls, only two of them for touchdowns. Mm-hmm. Uh, Zama, which you can, which can, he can really pluck it and, and move with, with the catch. Five touchdowns was his biggest number. This, this is just not a thing. And, uh, you know, I think as listeners, I just know you shouldn't be doing this, Gary. But, Bucky, I feel like I was set up. On this question, you went no, you went no. You, okay, I got so. more that I don't like about him. You know, it, it's um, no. I just, I, yeah, it's bad. It's bad. So, so the reason I I asked you that was twofold. Obviously, yeah. I knew I, I I didn't know you were a season ticket holder, but I knew okay. you're a Bengals fan. Yeah, and I believed you had drafted Irv Smith and a few of your best balls already. I this have. Year. So I, I wanted have. I wanted to get yeah. I, I wanted. So, so very often, Farrell and I agree on this show. So if we can get some some actual discourse here, uh, we have already amped up the ratings to meteoric levels, thanks to you. Gary. I want to really take your that. finger off that Ur Smith trigger, Gary, because I believe in you. And I think in the, the breadbasket of football, Columbus, Ohio, deserves more championships. And, you know, you're getting a lot of them, but I just it, want you off of Ur Smith. In, in my defense, in my first share of Ur Smith, of Ur Smith was really, really late. Like, I was shocked that he was still there. So I will say that. One of them was really late. We're going to have an Irv Smith update, a weekly Irv Smith update, because <laughs> Bucky won't live without it. You know, you Bucky know, just loves it. Just I, I, he, you remember last year, Farrell, you gave me so much, uh, you gave me so much garbage for um, – bringing up the Bills running backs every single week. Oh, every and week. and I did, by the way. Like, that's not an exaggeration. It might have been, like, sometimes it was via an email. Like, if I saw an email about it, I'd put it on the show. Sometimes i asked our guests. Sometimes there was stuff going on in, in, in real life, so I'd bring it up on the Fantasy Flash. But, like, I literally brought up the Bills backfield every show last season. And I'll tell you what, Farrell. I didn't learn a damn thing about him. Like, no, I was, no, we, I was we had, no, yeah. We, just we, as we in the dark about him at the end of the season as I was in the so Maybe I've learned my lesson and i got to chill on the Irv Smith talk. No, I think we got to keep coming with Irv. If he gets five targets in a game, I won't hear about it on this show. Okay, then we will bring it up. We'll have Irv Smith as the unofficial NFL mascot for the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour for 2023. Irv, I know you're watching. Congratulations. (laughs) We, uh, I want to segue into the guy that Irv Smith is taking over for in Cincinnati, a guy that you watched a lot last year, Gary, Mm -hmm. and and that's Hayden Hurst. Farrell can uh, can can attest to this that. We've had a lot of players on um, over the course of the last, I don't know, month and a half, two months, and we talk about players 
um, you know, sleepers. And and a lot of them, I should say a lot, a decent number of them have brought up Hayden Hurst as a player that they that you should be paying attention to late, a sleeper, yeah. a player that you want to get on your roster. Um, I think you've rostered him a couple of times. Why do you think, and, and I know you could kind of only speak for yourself, but as you look at the landscape, you've been in a lot of drafts. Why do you think Hurst keeps moving up draft boards for so many of these talented players? Yeah, so I, I think, first of all, he doesn't have any competition there. I think Ian Thomas is the the next tight end on their depth chart who has had several years to do something and never has. So I think that's in his favor. Um, they've got a, a re, I'll call it a reasonable group of wide receivers um, in Carolina with Thielen, um, DJ Chark, Terrace Marshall, and the, and the rookie, Jonathan Mingo. Um, I don't think any of those wow you. And then I think Bryce Young um, could use a, a security blanket um, with regard to, to Hurst. And the guy's got amazing hands. That was the thing that I noticed last year. He, he caught everything that, you know, was, was thrown his way. So, um, I, I mean, if I'm speculating as to why people like him so much, I guess the, those were the things that came to mind. And Farrell, you like Hayden Hurst this year, right? Um, I, let, let me, let, hold on, before you answer that, I'll just tell everybody right now. As far as where he is going in the FFPC um, best ball tournament, tight end 28, uh, 16th round. So if you are drafting uh, a third tight end, uh, Hurst would be your guy there. I don't mm-hmm. think people are – maybe some people are drafting him as a second tight end if they go like with Kelsey or Andrews or something like that early. Um, but tight end 28, he's going fairly late. Yeah, and it, a lot of that has to do with quarterback talent that, that's going to be there. And a lot mm-hmm. of people that I – put a lot of trust in in the scouting business think that quarterback will be offensive rookie of the year and you know so i'll buy into that he can't do it without some support from the tight end gary just said that i you know gary's when it comes to rookie quarterbacks you're probably the best uh person we've had on this show uh to inform us about um cj stroud and uh what are your thoughts here (laughs) uh um so this is coming from an Ohio State alum when I say uh-huh. this. Um, I, I think he struggles uh, yeah. this year big time. And um, I think about – I think he struggles like Justin Fields struggled in his first year. Um, I think Fields didn't have a lot of t- uh, wide receiver talent around him in Chicago his first year. And um, Stroud doesn't have any wide receiver talent around him, I think – it's Nico Collins, it's um, Mechie, it's Robert Woods. Um, I do like Dalton Schultz, but mm-hmm. I just think that that lack of uh, talent around him. And then he doesn't run. Um, you would almost think he does. But if you look back at his Ohio State career, he, he likes to stay in the pocket. And I'd much rather be investing in a Bryce Young, who I think is going to use his legs a lot more than cj stroud so i love cj stroud and i do i do share season tickets with my buddy craig that i mentioned and my nephew so i only get three games a year and my oldest son wanted me to take the houston game because he wanted to see cj stroud play so we are we are going to we're going to that game um but i i i think i think he struggles as a guy who watched stroud have an embarrassment of wide receivers around him at Ohio State. Mm-hmm. In fact, yeah. we, we're looking at a historic pipeline for wide receivers over the last couple of years, and quite frankly, yeah. in the next couple of years as well, coming out of Columbus. How concerned are you about Stroud as a pro, knowing that, you know, seeing what Garrett Wilson did, seeing what Chris Olave did, you know, you watch these guys out and, and they're doing with everybody. How concerned are you that, like, my God, Stroud's not going to have players like that at Carolina? Yeah, well, I mean, I think, you know, you're starting to see them. Not at Carolina, at Houston. Yeah. I'm sorry. In Houston. Yeah, yeah I know. I know. Right. I'm sorry. I know what you meant. Easy to get uh, confused. Um, I needed more caffeine, Farrell. That was the problem. I, I think um, I, I think he's going I think he's going to need time. And, I, and I'm hoping Houston will start to build around him. Um, you know, we're seeing uh, Chicago start to do that, bringing a receiver like DJ Moore over to Chicago. I, I, I can only hope that that happens. And if it doesn't balk you, I'm, I'm not. Not very optimistic, right? Um, let me uh, let me get to a couple of uh, emails here for you. Um, this is a good Packers one for me, but I'm going to let you take it. <laughs> okay. Uh, this is uh, Joe in Arlington, Virginia. Is it just me or our drafters sleeping on Aaron Jones this year in FFPC leagues? Thank you, Joe in Arlington, Virginia. Aaron Jones, I've been I've been saying this. I mean, yeah, 
all season. I, I just I understand Aaron Rodgers isn't there anymore, but the fact that Aaron Jones is being drafted as the 15th running back off the board at the 409 FFPC best ball tournament. Now he has gone up a little bit if, if memory serves, but to me at the end of the fourth round, Gary, I'm, I'm, I'm still all over that. Your thoughts on why you think Jones is slipping. Is it just the Jordan love factor? I think it is. And I'm embarrassed to say, I don't think I have one share of him yet. And I'm kind of mad at myself about that. I will be honest with you. I think I looked at your teams. I think you have a couple. Do I, I? you have a couple? Yes. Yeah. You look okay. look again after Larry, the show. Take his word for it. Right take his word for it. Oh. He, he never – he's, he's got two. I was looking yeah, too, too far down on the list. All right. <laughs> now I feel better. Um, <laughs> but, but I have um, – I have – there have been times that I've kind of talked myself out of it because of Jordan Love. Um, mm-hmm. And, and, and I, I, I like stacking running backs in, um, in best ball drafts, especially if there's a little bit of a spread. Um, so I, I, um, I, th- I think I might have stacked Dylan with him one, one of those two times. Um, Corey in Detroit, final email here for you. How's it going, Gary? Will DeAndre Swift's production this season match his mid-sixth round ADP? Good luck in your leagues in 2023. That is Corey in Detroit. Corey, we appreciate you chiming in. DeAndre Swift, no longer a lion, now a Philadelphia Eagle. As uh, Corey alluded to, he is going in the mid-sixth round. Right behind Damian Pierce, right ahead of Cam Akers. Is that the type of thing, or the type of production that he is going to produce this year in 2023, that running back 21 price tag? Um, so that's exa- it, the two guys you mentioned on either side. That's exactly the order I would draft them, although I don't have any shares of Damian Pierce yet. Um, I, I like Swift there in the sixth round, um, and I understand that the fact that Rashad Penny is in Philadelphia as well probably has something to do do with that. Again, I like him better in best ball because I think we're going to see some spike weeks from him. Um, and I think they are Philadelphia does traditionally spread out that 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 rushing volume. Uh, but I think that's a good I think that's a good price. I, I wouldn't take him any earlier than that, but I certainly like him in the mid sixth round. Hmm. Farrell, it is on you, my friend. Final question for Mr. Coor. I want to keep asking him questions because these are great answers. Oh, throw, uh, throw, yeah. Let's. How many? Now, how about this? How can we phrase another Irv Smith question? No, no <laughs> we, we've exhausted Irv Smith. I will say that you know, um, the hybrid speed safety's got to love Irv Smith. That's all I'll say. About that. <laughs> uh, the, the okay, yeah, I like the position you take because you can find some utility in just about every player that we bring up. And I think that's a healthy way to approach fantasy football. It's all, it's been the way that I've always approached it. There's just some situations that don't work. Mm-hmm. If you find a situation that's not going to work and that be the player that you fade, and then can you tell us someone, but both players that we haven't previously discussed, can you tell us someone it doesn't, it doesn't matter ADP, just someone that you're targeting that you really have to have and that you're thrilled to see what he does when camp starts, preseason starts, and, of course, the season starts on September 7th at Planet Hollywood. Um, this may not be a very popular answer, but um, I can't ever see taking Tony Pollard in the middle of the second mm-hmm. round. I like um, that. I, I think Dallas is, is not going to use him as a three down back. I think I would never draft a running back in the second round that I didn't think was going to be a three down back. And um, I think they're going to end up bringing a veteran in at some point. And I, I just don't think they're going to give him that opportunity. I, I got him at the end of the third, very early. Um, and I think that might be the only share I have and I, I'd be okay taking him there. But I, I, if he continues to go in the middle of the second round, I'm, I'm not going to, going to have any any more of him the seventh round for me last year and i had him on almost every team and uh biggest mistake i I made last year was not not taking pollard in the seventh i I won't i won't have him anywhere this year well what who do you love and and this one um i don't know is going to be very popular either but i love cam Akers at the five Mm -hmm. six turn Mm -hmm. um and and i just got him at six five um, in the in the 250 that I'm doing, um, I, I think the last four weeks of the year, 
Uh, I realized there were some injuries and they had to lean on him probably more than they will. But um, I think it showed he's over the Achilles injury. I think he had three or four straight 100-yard games to end the year. I think they will use him as a three-down back. I, I think they might actually start throwing the ball to him more. That that might be a little bit more wishful thinking than anything else. But um, I, I really like him if I can get him in the early to mid, mid-sixth. I, do too. I, I I drafted him uh, in at least one Kentucky league uh, this season. Uh, Might have been more than that. I can't remember. But, yeah, I think there's there's a lot to be said uh, uh, for Cam Akers um, as far as his price tag goes. You know, mm-hmm. it's like one of the – and I was just going to say this about Pollard, too. You know, it's crazy. Like, we we, we had so much Pollard love um, from so many players the last couple of seasons, mm-hmm. and now all of a sudden there is so much Pollard love right. that we get people coming on their show and talking about, yeah, I won't have him this year. I won't have him this year. And you know what? I get it. Because um, even if he is as good as he was, well, he's going to have to be as good or better than he was last year to to for that um, price tag for mm-hmm. that price tag exactly. Yeah. And if he doesn't, all of a sudden you're behind the eight ball because you missed on your second round pick. And I'm with you, whether it's Ezekiel Elliott, Dalvin Cook, or somebody else going yeah. to Dallas. Um, that that's that could knock Pollard's uh, usage down. Now that could also be a good thing too. That could be a good thing because he was very very good in his non, you know, bell cow role that he had in Dallas last year. So that might be good for his longevity and as far as producing week after week. But it does not make him valuable enough for me to take him in the second round either. I'm totally with you on that 100%, Gary. And Balky, I I would like Gary's input on this because last year we held firm with Josh Jacobs. I think I was a little Mm -hmm. firmer than you. And he continued to drop and drop and drop. And what a bargain he was. And it it just – it was it was wonderful drafting this player, and then now he's in the second round. Am I right, mm-hmm. Balky? Late second yeah. round. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Josh Jacobs right now, and I'm looking again. This is the FFPC Best Ball uh, ADP. He's actually going right ahead of Pollard at the 208 as the seventh running back off the board. Gary, your thoughts on Jacobs? I, I hate the second round. There, there are very <laughs> few guys. I, there are very few guys. I mean, I've been I've been targeting Garrett Wilson in the second round. Um, I've gotten lucky and had like AJ Brown fall to the beginning of the second round. I'm, 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 I hate the second round. So, um, (laughs) I have not taken Josh Jacobs. I, I, I kind of faded him last year, but there was one league, one of my main events that he fell like even farther than you would expect. And I I took him just out of value. And I still remember that week. He, He had one week where he just, went off. Um, I think it might've been around playoff time too. I, I, I can't yes, remember now. Marvelous season, Gary, there's a lot of talk in the, in the uh, message room and, and, you know, you do a great deal of, of work with the FFPC online uh, here at our KFFSC. Uh, we won't Im- invite you or ask you to step away from the FFPC, but we will ask for your attendance August 20th in Cincinnati uh-huh. and August 25th through 27th uh, in Louisville. Show show up live, and uh, you know we uh, we'll have some great players down here, and you will prime your drafting skills for your appearance uh, in Las Vegas and the balance of your drafts as you're ready for the season. So we'd love to have you. And Kevin Williamson, and and Kevin never was really great with geography, but he's a real sweetheart of a guy. He said he would pick you up at the airport. Naturally, (laughs) you're going to drive. I'm driving. (laughs) <laughs> you know, it'd be great. And either way you're here, Kevin Williamson will be damn glad to meet you. And so will a bunch of other guys. Balky's coming too. Yes, I am. Uh, I can't wait. I can't wait for it. I, I'm going to tell you this, guys, as, as we, uh, I, I'm going to end the interview this way. As we were talking with Josh Jacobs, I just looked up his ADP from last season, what he ended up ending drafting season at. He was going as running back 28 at the 709. <laughs> Wow. These were some these were some of the running backs that were drafted. This is the FFPC main event. Sharpest players out there. Some of the players that were drafted ahead, uh, some of the running backs that were drafted ahead of Josh Jacobs, uh, AJ Dillon, uh, David Montgomery, Elijah Mitchell, mm-hmm. Chase Edmonds, Ramondre Stevenson. That was actually a pretty good pick. J.K. Mm-hmm. Dobbins and Clyde Edwards Alaire. And oh, by the way, Antonio Gibson went essentially a handful of picks after Josh Jacobs. It's crazy. That's crazy. How do we do these shows year <laughs> round? And yet we cannot hammer this down. Fantasy football is so maddening, uh, but it is so much fun. Pros versus Joes is going to be so much fun. And Gary, we're so glad uh, that you're going to be participating in it Thank this you. year. Uh, crush your draft. 
we'd love to have you on to make you have you make a draft pick live and, and while we do an interview during your draft that'd be tremendous as well good luck in all your leagues this year uh, all the best balls that you're doing obviously the main event and the uh, fantasy or the uh, fantasy pros championship as we get closer to the start of the season we really appreciate you carving out some time in your friday night dude be good can, can i say one more thing real quick fire away uh, just a shout out to chris lambert um <laughs> un, un, unbelievable service i've worked with her many times over the last several years and i i just unparalleled i mean I, i've never seen anything like it so i just wanted yeah. to, to say thanks to her before before i exit absolutely uh shout out to chris as well uh she is a tremendous individual ffpc wouldn't be what it is uh without her and quite frankly ffpc pros versus joes wouldn't be the same uh as without it if it didn't have gary coor this year gary welcome <laughs> aboard it's gonna thanks. be a lot of fun covering your draft after talking to you tonight be good man enjoy your weekend appreciate it guys thank you 14-time FFPC League champion uh, Gary Coor joining us on the uh, High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour tonight. Once again, we had too much fun. We don't have time for emails. I do apologize for that. We will get to your emails next week. Um, I say that. I don't know. Maybe we will. Maybe we won't. But we never know. Um, Farrell Elliott, the commissioner of the Kentucky Fantasy Football State Championship. Uh, KFFSC.com is where to go. Run to daylight. I got to get in there. I got to sign up for my main events, the other main events I want to do. Um, going on uh, live in Louisville. I got I got to get that hammered out, and I will uh, shortly on that. So I'm very excited. I've already drafted several teams. I got four uh, still rookie drafts going on with Kentucky right now. Those have been a blast as well. Uh, Farrell, it's always a blast uh, co-hosting with you. We will do this again a week from Friday, man. Thank you so much. Uh, I will miss you next week, Bob. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Pro, yes. Programming note. No Farrell next week. Thanks, yeah, yeah. You see, so, you see what Terp wants to do with Irv Smith, and yes. you know, let's just get back into that. You know, yeah. Terp is is, uh, yeah, he's he's coming on strong. You know, and I I, I know I'm eventually going to lose my position here to the talented and, and youthful Terp, but <laughs> until I do, you know, I'll, while I'm on the road, I'll try to pick up some. Uh, I'll, I'll try to pick up some fantasy football knowledge and bring it back to the to the guests. That, that's perfect. The 23rd then, two weeks from today, I will see you then, my friend. Thank you, brother. Beryl Elliott, the commissioner of the Kentucky Fantasy Football State Championship. Check it out, kffsc.com. Thanks to Gary Coor, Farrell Elliott, the FFPC, Rob, Bryce, and, of course, each and every one of you for watching live, streaming this wherever you're streaming it. We return live next Friday. Again, no Farrell Elliott. Dave Terpoli sitting in with me uh, as we interview eight-time FFPC league champion, Richard Bilyeu. He has done a lot of Fantasy Pros uh, championship drafts already this season. He's going to have a lot of insight into that to help you make uh, to help make you a better uh, Fantasy Pros Championship and FFPC drafter. That is next week. Now, in case you missed it on Tuesday, we went live with the road of his high stakes lowdown with 19-time FFPC league champion Mike Foresta on all the FFPC social media channels. You can go back and watch it there in case you missed it or anywhere you get podcasts. Uh, you can also watch last night's, Thursday night's, the high stakes fantasy football show on the Better Sports Network on any of the FFPC channels as well. It was myself and Draft Sharks' Alex Korf. We had a lot of fun last night. Um, got into a lot of best ball stuff, a lot of uh, fantasy pros championship stuff as well. And then this coming Thursday, you can watch live at 7, 6 Central, the 33rd team's Kevin Wheeler, who has done a ton of FFPC drafts already this year. He is going to chop it up with me for two hours. That'll be a blast as well. Remember, you can win $1 million in the fantasy pros championship at just a $350 entry fee at myffpc.com. Register by the 15th of June and draft by June 30th, so you are getting a free $35 league credit. You can do that up to three times, so there is still some time to get in on that early bird. Uh, Dynasty startups are going off tomorrow. We got a bunch of them going off this weekend. If you want to play fantasy football year-round, myffpc.com is where to go. We have 1,300-plus dynasty teams, uh, dynasty leagues. Never had a league fold there, ever. Uh, so make sure you are uh, registering at myffpc.com for your dynasty leagues. You won't have to worry about your league potentially um, going belly up anytime in the future. Uh, $200,000 is the grand prize in the FFPC Best Ball Tournament. $50,000 grand prize in the Superflex Best Ball Tournament. We got uh, dozens and dozens of those drafts filling every single day. If you sign up for a draft at uh, myffpc.com, you will not be waiting long for the league to fill. Million bucks in the main event. Get in on that. Compete against guys like Gary Coor, Farrell Elliott, and the like. Plenty of uh, live, slow, sit-and-go best ball drafts. If you got five bucks, we have a closed 12-team league for you there as well. Superflex, Terminator, Varsity, all our different formats going on at myffpc.com. Remember to like this video, subscribe to the channel, comment, share, and get notified. Congratulations to all the FFPC Joes. Hopefully you keep that crown 
uh, with the FFPC Joes once again, uh, trying to defeat all those evil industry pros that you always read their content and uh, listen to their podcasts, do everything you can during the season uh, to make you a, a better fantasy player. Now you have the opportunity to kick their butt and win a 2024 FFPC main event draft uh, to boot. And we'll broadcast all those drafts live coming up at the end of next month right here on the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour. Thanks for watching, everybody. Your weekend officially starts now. This has been another episode of the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour presented by MyFFPC.com. It was broadcast live and was watched around the world. Balky and Farrell will be back next week with more analysis, more interviews, and more advice from guests much smarter than they are. Thanks for watching, and we'll talk with you again next week. I do also want to give a special shout-out to anybody watching for the first time uh, tonight. Uh, I really appreciate you giving your eyes and ears and your attention your Friday night to us uh, to check out our show. As a reminder, a bit of background on the HSFF Hour. This is our 12th year on the air. We've been going strong uh, well over, I think, 600 episodes um, and we do this year round. We do a show every single week, sometimes multiple shows a week. We turn out about 60 episodes a year or so dedicated to the FFPC and the high stakes players. If you want to get exposure into what FFPC players are doing in their drafts, there's no better place than to come watch or listen to uh, the high stakes fantasy football hour anywhere you get podcasts. And obviously the video stuff we have going on at YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter for the FFPC as well. It's the only place that you are going to get fresh looks from. I mean, I don't even know how many hundreds of, we probably had 600 different guests on uh, the HSFF hour before too. So this is the place to come watch and get the pulse of high stakes fantasy football. Appreciate all of you watching. Congrats to the Joes again. And if you're looking for some action tonight, that 10, uh, that 11.55, that Midnight Fantasy Pros Championship Draft, I'm commissioning that. You can sign up for that right now at myffpc.com. Thanks for watching, everybody. We will talk with you again with Dave Terpoli next